in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit we will continue tonight Psalm 45 starting from verse 10 but let me give you a quick introduction about this psalm this psalm actually we pray it every day in the third hour of the Akbaya so we pray it every day in the third hour of Akbaya it's beginning my heart is overflowing with a good theme and this psalm one of the most beautiful psalms and also we use it a lot in the church for example we use verse 6 in, uh, in Good Friday and also in Tuesday of the Holy Pascha. It's a beautiful hymn called Bekthronos, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. And also we use it in the feasts of St. Mary when we say, listen, O daughter, consider and incline your ear, forget your own people also in your father's house. We use it also in matrimony and in the crowning ceremony. We use it during the month of Kiyak several times. So it's one of the beautiful psalms. And it is actually explain a royal wedding. Royal wedding. And who is the groom here? The groom is the person of the Lord Jesus Christ the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And the bride is the church. The bride is the church. From verse 1 to verse 9, it spoke about the groom. From verse 1 to verse 9, it spoke about the groom. From verse 10, which the verse will start tonight, it speaks about the bride. And who is the bride? Can be three things. Number one, actually, is the church. We are the bride of Christ. Number two can refer to Saint Mary, the mother of God. She is the queen. And number three can refer to each human soul, each believer who accepted the Lord Jesus Christ to be his king and his savior. So when we speak about the bride here, the bride can apply to the soul of the believer or the church, the assembly of the believer, or the St. Mary, Mother of God. So let's start from verse 10. Listen, O daughter, consider and incline your ear. Forget your own people also and your father's house. Now the psalmist, after he spoke about the groom, now the psalmist turned to the bride and spoke to her. These words are either spoken by the prophet, the psalmist, the author of the psalm, and by the way, we don't know exactly who is the author of the psalm, or by the king, the bridegroom himself. So he either the king is speaking to the bride, or the author of the psalm, the psalmist, actually is speaking to the bride. Other thing that God the Father is speaking to the church because we are daughters of God the Father. So God the Father speaks to us and gives us instruction how 
we should live with our King, our Lord Jesus Christ. So, the person who speaks in verse 10 can be God the Father. Listen, O daughter. First of all, he commands the bride to listen, to consider and incline her ear, to reflect deeply. Listen, incline your ear means reflect deeply on the new relationship in which she is about to be placed, to be the bride of Christ, and the new duties which she will have to discharge. So, she must, the bride here, she must give herself wholly to her Lord and groom. She must have no thought for anyone but him. And using the concept of Genesis 2.24, the man should leave his father and mother and incline to his wife, so the, the, the same concept, this invitation to this royal daughter to leave her people and her father's house to be joined to the anointed king in this marriage, to forsake everything in order to be joined to this royal king. St. Jerome says, yes, yet, It is not enough for you to forsake your land as Abraham unless you forget your people and your father's house. Namely, what did he mean by your people and your father's house? According to Zanji and Jerome, namely, unless you despise the carnal desires and attach yourself to the groom in a firm and close embrace. Father's house before Christ, before accepting Christ, we were in the kingdom of Satan. We were in the kingdom of darkness. So when to accept Christ to be our groom, our king, we need actually to forsake Satan, to forsake his house of darkness, and wholly commit yourself to the groom. This is exactly what we do in the baptism, in the when we renounce Satan, when we renounce Satan, that's forsaking the Father's house, house of Satan, the kingdom of darkness. Then, when we turn to the east and we accept the Lord Jesus Christ, that's when the first step in the matrimony between us and our groom start. Saint Basil says. They have to depart from their father's house means that they have to quit committing sin and to be born to God by baptism to become his children, to be born again. So he who is born of flesh is flesh. We will leave this carnal person and we are born again from the spirit to be a spirit, spiritual people befitting the groom, the royal groom. So, devotion to her Lord will win her tender, we will win her his tender love and care. 
When we are devoted completely to our groom, we will win. We will win means that his love is already there. But our heart will be open to receive his tender love and care. I told you the queen here can be St. Mary, the bride. So speaking of St. Mary, she is both queen and daughter. Queen and daughter. Because she, like everyone else, is a subject of the king. St. Mary is Jesus' mother. And that earns her a glorious title, queen. But she still looks to Jesus as her savior. She is a child of God just like the rest of us. And she said in her magnificent, my soul rejoices in God, my savior. That's why we don't believe in the immaculate conception of St. Mary. Verse 11. So the king will greatly desire your beauty when we forsake our father's house, which means forsaking sin, forsaking the carnal man. Then we'll be beautiful, beautiful spiritually. So the king will greatly desire your beauty because he is your Lord. Worship him. Because he is your Lord. Worship him. Your beauty which lies in the beauty of righteousness of Christ. Put upon her in the holiness of Christ reflected on her. When we are baptized, we dressed in white. That is the righteousness of Christ that we receive. This is the beauty that the king desires. This beauty is not natural. It's not our righteousness. Nor acquired by her. We did not acquire it by hard work. But what is given to her? as a grace. In the baptism, we receive this beauty, we receive this righteousness as free gift from Christ. This beauty, it is not an outward beauty, but inward beauty. Then, after he spoke about the beauty, he said, because he, the king, is your Lord, worship him. Since he is your Lord, also you need to worship him. Worship, uh, in a certain sense, worship can be translated, submit to him. So when we say it in matrimony, so what that's what expected from every wife to every husband, to submit to her husband, as St. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 5. But here, in, when we speak about the king as Christ and the church as bride, it is not only to submit, but to worship in the highest sense, to worship him. So the church worship of Christ is a worship in the absolute highest sense. He is worthy of all worship and obedience, for he is your Lord. As we say in the divine liturgy, it is meet and right to worship you, to glorify you. Uh, Then in verse 12, And the daughter of Tyre will come with a gift. The rich among the people will seek your favor. So here actually, being joined 
to the anointed king in marriage means many benefits for this royal daughter. That's why he started to mention this benefit start from verse 12. And the daughter of Tyre will come with a gift. The rich among the people will seek your favor. So she receives the gifts from the nations and is set in such a high place that even the rich seek her favor. Normally people seek the favor of the rich. But the anointed king has set his bride in an even higher place. So the rich will seek her favor. Who is Tyre? When he said the daughter of Tyre will come with a gift. Who is Tyre here? Tyre refers to the nations drawn to worship of Christ. Gentiles who joined the church, the bride of Christ. So he mentioned the tyrants because they, among others, were to be converted to Christ. But they are here put for and on behalf all the Gentiles. All the Gentiles. Because the church started in Jerusalem among the Jews. So the bride of Christ, the church, the assembly of believers started in Jerusalem. So here in a prophetic way, he said the daughter of Tyre will come with a gift. They will come to worship Christ and will join the church. When the church thrives in obedience and holiness, she will be respected by the surrounding people. Many times we speak about evangelism. Evangelism starts when we, the people of God, thrive in obedience and holiness. Then the people outside will come and join, will come and join this holy group. Her glory shall then impress and attract the Gentiles, the glory of the Church of God, the Bride, and other nations around, till they also unite in worshiping the Lord with the gift or offering of praise and thanksgiving. What is the gift here? They will come and offer gift of praise, gift of thanksgiving to the Lord for the grace and blessing of it bestowed upon them. So the daughter of Tyre will come with a gift, the Gentiles. The rich among the people will seek your favor, all the Gentiles. And in a few years after the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ, we saw how all the world became Christian and all the world joined the bride of Christ. Verse 13, the royal daughter is all glorious within the palace. Her clothing is woven with gold. In verse 9, he spoke about her garment. So he said, at your right hand stands the queen in gold from Ophir. So the queen dressed in gold from Ophir. Here, in verse 13, says, the royal daughter is all glorious within the palace. Her clothing is woven with gold. So, she is glorious. Not only in her robe of gold of Ophir, as in verse 9, but also, and especially within, in the inner deep of the heart, 
where she is indeed glorious. The fruit of the Spirit. Through the sanctifying presence of God's Holy Spirit. She is all glorious. This glory not because of herself, but because of her union with the King. The bride of Christ in the church is all glorious within and is dressed in white robes of his righteousness. The righteousness, you know, in the book of Revelation, St. John saw people walking in white garment and he asked, who are they? And the answer he got from one of the 24 elders, these who washed their garment in the blood of the Lamb. So this righteousness is not ours, but it is his righteousness. In internal graces and gifts with which she is adorned, she enjoys such communion with him that reflects a glory upon her and she is spotless now. That's why he said the royal daughter is all glorious within the palace. What does it mean within the palace? In this union, in this intimate union with with Christ, so his righteousness will be our righteousness. That's why it will be reflected on on outside. Her clothing is woven with gold. And I want to explain this because many people think that our relationship with Christ is a role model and we follow him. Definitely we should follow him as a role model. But it is more than this. It is deeper than this. It's our union with Christ. We are one with him. So when I pray, my prayer gets its value from his prayer. So my prayer actually is accepted before God the Father because I am in Christ. My fasting. My fasting alone, if I am separate from Christ, avail nothing. But if I am in Him, then my fasting will be accepted before God the Father because Jesus fasted. That's why during the Holy 40 days we say, fasted for us 40 days and 40 nights. Why the church is reminding us? Not because he fasted and we follow his, his example. No, it's more than this. It is because I am in Christ. So my fasting takes its power, its effectiveness, because it is united with the fasting of Christ. So my fasting now is powerful because Christ fasted for us 40 days and 40 nights. St. Augustine says, not only is her robe outwardly of gold and of diverse colors, but he, Christ, who loved her beauty and knew her to be also beautiful within. What are those inward charms, those of conscience? It is there Christ sees. It is there Christ loves her within. It is there he addresses her there he punishes her, discipline her to be, you know, when he said, I am the vine, uh, the vine and you are the branches. Every branch does not bear fruit, he prunes in order to bring more fruits. There in the palace, he crowns her. Let then your alms be done in secret, 
for all the glory of the bride, the king's daughter, is from within. Verse 14, she, the bride, shall be brought to the king in robes of many colors. The virgins, her companions, who follow her, shall be brought to you. This is a procession in which the church will be presented to Christ. So, she shall be brought to the king. The description is of an oriental marriage procession, where brides were commonly escorted and ushered to the presence of the bridegroom, attended by her virgin companions. She will come in robes of many colors, that is the beauty of the soul and her virtues. The virgins, why the virgins, why her companions are virgins? Virgins is a symbol of purity. So the virgins here, because of their spiritual purity and chastity, for I, as St. Paul said, for I have betrothed you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. This may also symbolize the Gentile converts that should attach themselves to the original church. So the original church coming to, to Christ, and then the virgins are the Gentiles, her companion, who are attaching themselves to the original church. It reminds us of another wedding that will take place when the king comes in his second coming for his bride. I'm sure in the book of Revelation you read about the supper of the wedding of the Lamb. So this, when the church will be caught up to meet the Lord on the cloud, as we read in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. So this bridal procession could not be but a a a festive one as a feast. It is a beautiful description of what will occur to us when the redeemed church shall enter the heaven. And in Apocalypse 9, when we speak about the Jerusalem adorned as bride adorned to her groom, and the beautiful description of the church, we will be received into the heavenly dwelling places. And according to St. Basil the Great, the talk here concerns the one church that draws many away from their corrupt beliefs. There is one church, and this church attracts people from their corrupt and heretical beliefs to repent and to join the one church, to provide them with the true spirit of joy and bring them forth to the heavenly kingdom. So that is the role of the church. Bring people who were lost and then give them the spirit of joy and present them to Christ as virgins in the heavenly kingdom. Verse 15 With gladness and rejoicing they shall be brought. As I told you, it is festive procession with gladness and rejoicing 
they shall be brought. They shall enter the king's palace. So they will enter the king's palace. What's the king's palace? It is the heavenly Jerusalem. And instead of your fathers shall be your sons, whom you shall make princes in all the earth. And instead of your fathers, you remember he told her, forget your own people also and your father's house. And we explained this refers to the kingdom of darkness. So here, say, instead of your fathers shall be your sons, whom you shall make princes in all the earth. So here, there is a blessing pronounced on the marriage of the anointed king. The union of the Messiah and the church, his bride, brings forth children. And these children, because they are the children of the king, they are princes in all the earth. Some commentators try to say this psalm is about the wedding between King Solomon and Pharaoh's daughter. But definitely, this cannot be applied to King Solomon. Definitely, we cannot say to King Solomon, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. We cannot call King Solomon God, and his throne is not forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. So this cannot be said about uh, King Solomon. and his, marriage, uh, and his marriage with Pharaoh's daughter. But this was fully accomplished in Christ, who instead of his father, of the Jewish nation, he came to his own, and his own rejected him. So instead of the Jewish nation, had a numerous heirs and children of Christian of all nations of the earth, who are called princes and kings. The Jews, the fathers of Jesus Christ according to the flesh, these fathers, instead of them, and who rejected him, and he came to his own, and his own did not accept him. So instead of this father, God granted the Lord Jesus Christ children from all nations, from every tribe, from every city. St. Cyril the Great says, here the blessed David speaks about the choice of the saintly apostles. So, who are the children here? According to St. Cyril, this can be the apostles. Uh, Instead of your fathers shall be your sons. Your sons can be the apostles. St. John Chrysostom says, since he had made mention previously of people and parents in the words, forget your people and your father's house, as we read in verse 10. He added this to show that she, the bride, will have complete joy in every way. Yes, she forgot her father's house, but now she has children who are become princes in all the earth. Now he seems to me to be referring to the apostles. Who are the children? The apostles who became teachers in her. The apostles traveled the whole world and became rulers more masterful than all other rulers, more powerful 
than emperor, princes in all the earth. That's what St. John Chrysostom says. The last verse, verse 17, I will make your name to be remembered in all generations. Therefore the people shall praise you forever and ever. So as he begins the psalm with the celebration of the king's praises, so now he ends the psalm with another praise. These are the inspired words of the psalmist spoken to the king Messiah. His name, the king himself, to be remembered, desired, loved, thought of, called upon, and praised, in all succeeding generation. I will make your name to be remembered in all generations. This song should be remembered and sung in all successive generations. And that's why, as I told you, this Psalm 45, we use it a lot in the church. We use it every day in the third hour of the Agbayat. And therefore people shall praise you forever and ever, because it was composed upon that great and glorious and everlasting marriage between Christ and his church. This concludes chapter of Psalm 45. In a few minutes, I will give the summary in Arabic. Just a few minutes. Mazmur 45, من أجمل المزامير في كتاب المقدس لأنه بيتكلم عن عرس بين السيد المسيح العريس والكنيسة العروس هنا ممكن تبقى حاجة من ثلاث حاجات يا النفس البشرية المؤمنة بالسيد المسيح يا الكنيسة كجماعة مؤمنين هي عروس المسيح يا إما العذراء قديسة مريم المزمور ده بنستخدمه كل يوم في صلاة الساعة الثالثة أيضا في شهر الكهك بنقتبس آيات منه زي اسمعي يا ابنتي وانظروا أميلي أذنك وانسي شعبك وبيت أبيكي وآيات تانية بنقتبسها في تسبيح الكهك في عياد العذراء برضو بنقتبس من المزمور ده وأيضا يعني كمان اسبوعين في ليلة يوم الثلاثة البسخة في الساعة الحدية عشر ويوم الجمعة العظيمة بنقول كرسيوك يا الله إلا ظهر الدهور قضيب استقامة قضيب ملكك وده لحب جميل اسمه لحمد بيك ثرونوس بنقوله مرتين في أسبوع الألام المزمور ده بيتكلم على عرس ما بين السيد المسيح هو العريس وكان في وصف للعريس ده من آية واحد لآية تسعة وبعدين من آية عشرة بيتكلم على العروس من هي العروس ففي آية عشرة يبتدي يقول اسمعي يا بنتو وانظري وأميلي أذنك وانسي شعبك وبيت أبيك مين اللي بيتكلم هنا؟ يا إما المرنم قائل المزمور هو اللي بيكلم العروس يا إما العريس هو اللي بيكلمها يا إما يعني أكثر تدقيقا كون الله الآب هو اللي بيكلم الكنيسة عروس المسيح بيكلمها تبقى علاقتها شكلها إيه؟ مع عرسها المسيح فدي ممكن ناخدها ان دي كلام الله الآب بيكلم بنته الكنيسة اللي نحبين أبناء لله الآب في المسيح بالنادي الله الآب ونقول له يا أبانا الذي في السماوات 
فإحنا بنته العروس فالله الآب بيقول لنا اسمعي يا بنت وانظري وأميلي أذنك يعني اديني كل الانتباه تأملي في كل كلمة بقولها لك لأن أنا هوصف لك دلوقتي علاقتك مع عريسك المسيح مفروض تكون إزاي أول حاجة قال لها انسي شعبك وبيت أبيك مين الشعب هنا ومين بيت الأب ربنا قال لنا قديموس المولود من جسد جسد هو يعني جزداني والمولود من روح روح هو احنا لما بنتولد بنتولد في مملكة الشيطان بنتولد في مملكة الظلمة فانسي شعبك وبيت أبيك انسي المملكة دي مملكة الشيطان وانسي الخطايا وانسي الإنسان الجزداني انسي كل ده علشان تتحت بالمسيح وده اللي احنا بنعمله في طقس جحت الشيطان لما بنقف تحت الغرب ونجحت الشيطان ده انسي شعبك وبيت أبيك المملكة اللي احنا تولدنا فيها ولما بنتدور ناحيه الشرق وبنعترف بالمسيح خلاص احنا طردنا الشيطان جحدنا الشيطان نسينا هذا الشعب وبيت الشيطان وبنتحد بربنا فيشتهي الملك حسنك لما تحد بربنا الحسن هنا والجمال ده عطية من الله ده ليس طبيعة فينا وليس بنقتني بجهدنا إنما دي عطية مجانية من الله بيك الطفل الصغير يتعمد نلبسه ثياب بيضاء الثياب البيضاء ده بر المسيح طب هو إيه اللي عمله عشان يقتني ده عمش حاجة دي عطية مجانية من الله وزي ما نعرف أفسس خمسة إن المسيح بياخد الكنيسة يطهرها علشان يحضرها لنفسه كنيسة مجيدة بلا غضا ولا عيب ولا شيء من مثل ذلك ده اللي بيحصل في المعمودية فدي بداية أول خطوة في العرس في الاتحاد بيني وبين الله فيشتهي الملك حزنك لأنه هو سيدك فاسجدي له بيقول خلي بالك الملك ده عريسك والملك ده تتحد معاه بس اوعى تنسي ان الملك ده اللي هو عريسك هو مين هو ربك هو سيدك يجب ان تعبديه وتسجدي له سجود العباده عشان كده في القداس نقول مستحق وعادل ان نسبحك ونباركك ونخدمك ونسجد لك اي نعم اه هو عريسنا بس ده ما يخليناش ننسى ان هو ربنا الذي نعبده احيانا لما بنستخدمها في الزواج في الاكليل واسمعي يا عروس وانسي شعبك وبيت ابيك فنقول ايه لانه هو ربك لانه هو سيدك وله تخضعين فلما بنتكلم مثلا في علاقة الزوجة بالزوج فبنتكلم عنه مجرد الخضوع زي ما بقول الرسول في أفسس خمسة يتكلم على آيتها النساء خضعنا للرجال كنا لكن في آية 11 هنا لا يقصد مجرد الخضوع ولكن يقصد العبادة لله لأن المسيح هو الله الكلمة المتجسد وبعد كده بيقول إيه وبنت سور أغنى الشعوب تتدرج وجهك بهدية هنا يقصد إيه بالكلام ده الكنيسة ابتدت يعني 
مع وسط اليهود الكنيسة ابتدت وسط اليهود في أورشليم الكنيسة من جمالها ولما شافوا قوة الكنيسة وجمال الكنيسة ابتدى الأمم الأمم العالم كله عايز يبقى مسيحي اشتهى جمال الكنيسة وحب ينضم إلى كنيسة فبنت صور ترمز إلى الأمم المصريين واليونانيين والإيطاليين كل الأمم أغنى الشعوب يعني روما وقتها الإمبراطورية الرومانية نلاقي أن كتير منهم أمنوا بالمسيح عندنا رسالة بولس الرسول للروما أغنى الشعوب تترجى وجهك بهدية يعني عايزين يلتحقوا بهذه الكنيسة يلتحقوا بهذا العروس وإيه الهدية هنا اللي بيتردوا بها وجه الكنيسة هي هدية التسبيح يجوا يسبحوا ربنا يقدم زبائح التسبيح والشكر لله في آية تسعة قال إن الملكة الرب بتاعها من ذهب أفير وده أنقى وأغلى أنواع الذهب بس لألا يفتكروا إن ابنة الملك دي ابنة الملك هي ابنة الآب الملك هنا هو الله الآب فإحنا في المسيح لأن المسيح هو الملك لما اتحدنا به بينا أبناء لله الآب فلألا نفتكر إن الجمال جمال خارجي بس في مجرد فضائل خارجية لكن لا ما أنا ممكن أبقى مرائي من برع أبقى إنسان محسن ولطيف وجنتل لا فهنا بيؤكد في آية 13 إن كل مجد ابنة الملك في خدرها في خدرها اللي هو المخدع يعني أنا لما بنتحد مع الله في مخدعي وبقف أصلي وبقف أنسكب أمام الله واتحد مع الله بتزين بثمر الروح القدس في حياتي وده يفيض خارجا ويظهر في المجد الخارجي يعني ولاد ربنا المجد يبتدي منين الفضيلة يبتدي من جوه وبعدين تظهر على بره أتملي من ثمر الروح وده ينعكس على الخارج فينعكس على الخارج تبقى منسوجة بذهب ملابسها الذهب دايما زي مثلا في خيمة الاجتماع يقولك معمول من ذهب نقي ذهب يرمز إلى النقاوة وإلى الرياليتي الملك فإحنا بينا أولاد ربنا بينا أولاد الملك بينا ملوك كلنا ملوك منسوجة بذهب الملابس اللي تملي من روح القدس هيبقى إنسان متحد بالله أنتم هيقل الله والروح الله يسكن فيكم فيبقى إنسان ملوكي كلنا ملوك بملابس مترزة تحضر إلى الملك هنا بقى بيتكلم زي في العرس الشرقي يزفوا العروسة للملك والعروسة دايما بتيجي معها صاحباتها فالعروسة اللي هي الكنيسة جاية بقى بكل مجد بكل فضائل بكل صفات جميلة بيزفوها للملك بلا عيب ولا غضب ولا شيء من شبه ذلك فتحضر إلى الملك بملابس مترزة الملابس مترزة دي ترمز إلى الفضائل اللي هي تزينت بها وفي إثرها 
الناس اللي لسه بيتحقوا بالكنيسة الناس اللي بيتوبوا وبيخشوا الكنيسة الناس غير المؤمنين اللي بيخشوا الكنيسة في إثرها عزارة هقول لك كلمة عزارة يعني عايشين حياة الطهارة عزارة صاحباتها مقدمات إليك يعني العروس الكنيسة والناس بقى الكنيسة بتكذب ناس وراها تكذب ناس وراها باستمرار الناس اللي بتتوب الناس اللي هم غير المؤمنين بمؤمنين دولة العزارة بيقدموا برضو إلى العريس زي في سفر النشيط يقول حاجة جميلة تقول له اجذبني وراءك فأجري ولا فنجري نجري جمع اجذبني أنا الكنيس العروس فنجري لأن الكنيس دائما عمالة إيه بتجذب ناس وكان الرب يضم إلى الكنيسة كل يوم الذين يخلصون جايين مش غصبا عنهم جايين يعني مش حد فرض عليهم زي ما حيانا مثلا نحن بجاي الكنيسة كده متغصب لا ده يحضرنا بفرح وابتهاج بزافة العريس ويدخلنا إلى قصر الملك يحضرنا فبيبقى الناس جاية بتنضم إلى الكنيسة بفرح هو حد يطول يبقى عروس لملك الملوك ورب الأرباب ويدخلنا إلى قصر الملك قصر الملك نفهمه يما الكنيسة هنا يعني يبقوا أعضاء في الكنيسة أو نفهمه في أورشليم السماوية في مجيئه الثاني لما كلنا كنيسة تختطف على السحاب زي ما بنقرأ في تسالونيك الأولى صحة أربعة ونلاقي الرب على السحاب ونكون معه كل حين عوضا عن أبائك يكون بنوك تقيمهم رؤساء في كل الأرض لو هنا بيكلم العريس عوضا عن أبائك بيكلم العريس فسيد المسيح من أبائه تقرف إنجيل متى وتقرف إنجيل لؤة الناس بتاع سيد المسيح فلو حسب الـ الـ حسب الـ الـ الميلاد الجسدي ابن يوسف ابن يعقوب إلى آخر فدولت جاء إلى خصته وخصته لم تقبله فدولت الأباء اللي رفضوا المسيح فبيقولوا يكون بنوك ليك هيبقى بنين كلنا بقينا ولاد المسيح أو ممكن يكون زي ما القديس حنا زابيل فهم وقديس كريلوس قالوا بنوك هنا الرسل تقيمهم رؤساء في كل الأرض فعلا الرسل راحوا أسسوا كنائس وبقوا رؤساء في كل الأرض اللي جي مصر واللي راح روما واللي راح انطاكيا وأسسوا كنائس في كل العالم لو بيتكلم عن العروس هي أصل بالإنجليزي يور فاذر كان ممكن يعني تبقى يور على العروس أو على العريس يعني هنا في العربي بس متشكلة عوضا عن أبائك مش عوضا عن أبائك فلكن يوحنا زبير فهم اتكلم أن دي ممكن تبقى على العذراء سوري كلم من نفس الكنيسة كنيسة قال لها انسي شعبك وبيت أبيك فهي تركت مملكة الظلمة لكن الكنيسة أم ولود هيكون لها بنين باستمرار يخرج من جرن المعمودية كل يوم بنين بالكنيسة وتقيمهم رؤساء في كل الأرض وإحنا ولاد ربنا 
ملوك وكهنة اللي هو الكهنوت مش السرائري اللي هو كهنوت المؤمنين جماعة المؤمنين وملوك آخر آية زي ما المزمور ده ابتدى بتسبيح لله فاض قلبي بكلام صالح إني أخبر الملك بأفعالي فهنا بيختم المزمور وبيقول أذكر اسمك في كل دور فدور يا رب اسمك اسم الملك ده هيذكر في كل جيل من جيل إلى جيل من أجل ذلك تحبدك الشعوب إلى الظهر والأبد ربنا كل نفس تشكره تحمده تمجده وتسبحه كل قداس مول فنشكر الرب ونقول كلنا بنرد نقول مستحق وعادل مزمور جميل جدا ريت نصلي باستمرار في صلاة الساعة الثالثة وفي صلواتنا ربنا يعطينا بركة هذا المزمور الجميل لإلهنا مجد وكرامة من الآن وإلى الأبد آمين